Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to What Are You Doing? Movie Movie this week is the Iron Giant. Pop in your DVD or will you press play, press pause. When the Warner Brothers logo fades to black at the first time you perceive all black, press pause. In a second, we'll say three, two, one, unpause. At which point I'll press play, you'll press play, and we'll watch the movie together in perfect sync. It'll be like any other commentary, of course, with four friends in your head. <sighs> Those friends are myself, as always, T. Christian, my friend Brian, William Fenifter. Greetings. Paul, Paul, Lou, Santagata. Call me Teen. Trey, the amazing Stokes. I am Groot. Oh, wait. No. It's the same thing. And, and again, <laughs> it's the same whoops. guy. And one of my no. favorite little, like, Guys, that's not how the movie industry works. Trivia goofs on the IMDb page is that it's like Vin Diesel is the the giant in the Iron Giant, and he's Groot in Guardians. And both times he was worked on by Doc Kane for the for the ADR parts. Like, dude, fucking everyone. Yeah, everyone who's ever been recorded that's for ADR was recorded that's by Doc Kane. Life. Also, probably for the Pitch Black movies and everything else. Yes. Fast and the Furious. It's Doc Kane all the way down. Everything you've ever heard Vin Diesel say, right, has been done by has either been recorded or actually said yes. by Doc Kane. See, that's the IMDb trivia that you missed. He's just slipping himself in there piece by piece to get royalties. I said it. Doc Kane, come at me. So anyway, the point, so it's a delightful <laughs> animated feature that's wonderful and everyone loves it. Yeah. Um, it's actually not a movie that I have a but huge amount of... But didn't at the time. Yeah. I, didn't, I don't have a huge amount of experience with this. Like, it's a movie that I only saw the same way I saw Firefly 10 years later because people wouldn't stop saying how yeah, amazing this movie just was. Just to shut people up. Yeah. It's like, I guess it's on the same sort of, like, plane as Emperor's New Groove or something like, like that for me, where, like, it's not a movie that I... I didn't know it happened until years later, and then I saw it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that, that was great. What happened? Why didn't anyone see this? And I still don't know the answer to that question, but I like it an awful lot. I don't think it's perfect. There's actually some stuff where it's it's um, it's so much better than what I guess people were expecting that it's uh, it, it gets the recommendation, but it's also not... I've got some stuff that you know, I, I'm, I'm confused about or would have gone a different way on it myself, but generally speaking, it's just the most lovely thing that's ever happened, and Brad Bird <laughs> continues to... Um, cut a big open wound through Hollywood with all of his adorable <laughs> movies that I like. So Brad Bird, people. Go Brad Bird. Yeah. Cutting a, a, a wound of happiness since 2000 and or whatever. And, and Brian. Oozing infected. And oozing yeah, separating boy. painful swollen bird, gash. Bird flu, we call it. Of absolute delight. <laughs> Brian. Um, I had actually, I've seen pieces How of this How far back does your years? gash go? <laughs> <laughs> I've seen pieces of this over the years. I've never, I ha- actually had never actually sat down and watched the whole thing. Uh, until Seems like it'd be your jam this morning it would be my jam i think it just came a little too late i was in high school uh when this came out and i think i was just you know had moved on from these kinds of movies <laughs> put away then. childish things put away childish things yeah like cartoons um, so i i liked it and it's like it is it is an odd thing to look at because it's, i i can tell that it's like oh well if this had been earlier then yes this would be a much larger part of you know my personality or my identity or whatever you want to say if only you had seen this you would have loved this yeah 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 but right. i mean uh, but also if if it had come at the appropriate time in my childhood and my growing up it just it just didn't uh, and you know when that's, that's the way it goes 99, 99 i want to say 99 oh that was a big uh, year so wow. so yeah uh, it's kind of interesting to sort of look at something through that lens um but it's it's great it's um it's got to be one of the last like uh mostly traditional animation animated movies out there right they I go mean, back and forth and it was famously and stuff they keep going back to the traditional animation yeah. um it was a thing it was definitely remarked on like you know it's got right. some cg in it oh my god the world is ending it's a hybrid animation feature yeah, yeah. all right but uh, it's a perfectly lovely little movie it's got giant robots in it with a giant robot yeah, with the Fashion and the Furious guy for a voice. Just one, somehow. How do you do a movie with was, just one giant robot? Was Vin Diesel a thing at that point? He was not really a thing. He wasn't. There, no. was, there was Private Ryan where he was like a guy in that yeah. group. Yeah. But yeah. In that group. Yeah. Paulu? 
Uh-huh. Yeah. The Iron Giant. Mm-hmm. And you. Uh, similarly, like Brian, I was a little bit old for it to be like the big event. Let's go see an animated um, animated feature in the movies kind of thing. But um, a friend of mine growing up owned a video store. His family, her family, and his family owned a video store. And occasionally they would just be like, here, this is great. Go watch this. Everything about this is awesome. So I get like VHSs. And I think... Was your friend Quentin Tarantino? No. Oh. Uh, on the same day, I took home this and Clockwork Orange. <laughs> wow. Oof. What's a your friend Quentin Orange. Tarantino? That's a double feature. But, uh... That's yeah. hilarious. That's, <laughs> Which yeah. one did you watch first? I want to have... Uh, Clockwork Orange. Ah. What, what, was your, what were your dreams like that night? Uh, mm, not great. <laughs> but mom walked in and was watching us. <laughs> <laughs> Who gave you a Clockwork Orange? What are you doing with this? Oh, boy. It's like, oh, it's, you know. It's, just it's a cartoon. I'm watching a cartoon. Yeah. Uh, but Iron Giant saw it, loved it, thought it was great. Um, and then didn't really, then it completely disappeared off of my intellectual radar for, I don't know, a decade or two. And How did you find yourself watching it again? Uh, I think it was on cable sometime, somewhere, where I was near a TV and it was on. And I was like, this movie is incredible. Oh, I'm so happy that this is a thing. And I watched the end and now I can't watch the ending without getting really weird. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. That's going to happen. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, no. I know. Oh, Same Pavlovian thing. I know. Trey, I, uh, I came uh, somewhat late to this movie, although I was aware of it when it came out because weirdly enough, um, when this movie came out, I was working on uh, my yellow submarine ride. So I was very sort of in animation world at the time. And uh, one of our animators was an actual, actual, actual cell animator artist guy who had transitioned to CG. And so he was all about the Iron Giant, was just, oh, my God, the Iron Giant and Brad Bird. And he, you know, he just he knew all the people. He knew all the people who made it. And he just, it's great. You got to see it. And the and thing I remember most about the Iron Giant not seeing it at the time when it came out um, is um, this fella in a, on our crew went out and got the Iron Giant action figure, which is like, Half scale. I mean, the, the thing, <laughs> this thing is like three to four feet tall. It's this amazing Iron Giant. Yeah, it's like robot. A, it's more like a store display than anything else. Yeah, but it's a it's a toy. You can buy it. It's a you know it's a it's it's a buddy. It's a, it's a, it's, a, it's your friendly buddy. This amazingly detailed toy that um, he, he made sure he got that. Um, and if you pull out a GI Joe gun, does it like shoot a laser pointer at it? I would assume. I'm, I hope it does all kinds of transforming stuff. But um, anyway, it was an amazing toy. But that's all I knew about the movie because I didn't go see it either. No one did. It uh, was not successful. Um, and there was a, there was an outcry at the time, like it's so good, you guys. Not you know, not just from the guy who worked there who said that, but you know, just in general, it's like why is no one going to see the Iron Giant? It's a great movie, you know. And I and I I, I too, without having looked it up. Here, you know, if I'd been a responsible podcaster, I would have looked it up and said, oh, because it opened against blah or whatever. But I don't know. But hey, chat room, you got it. You got a job to do. Get on it. Um, But for whatever reason, it just didn't get out. And it was famously that movie that really should have done better because it's really so good. And Uh, so it involves a quest for Camelot bombing. Okay, And then Warner's not really caring. Yeah, I mean, I know that was a complaint that, you know, Warner's didn't get behind it. Blah, blah. You know, I don't know if that's true or not. But um Anyway, so I didn't discover it until later it was on, you know, I, I saw it on cable, however I saw it, and I was like, this is a good movie. This movie is amazing, and uh, it really should have done better, and I, and I really, I do like it. I really like the movie a lot, um, and, and the other thing this movie did is ever since that movie came out and did not do well, um, I was well aware of the name Brad Bird, so when that name popped up again, I believe The Incredibles would have been the next time I would have heard that name. 
I was like, oh, uh, here's something to look forward to. And, of course, that one did better for him. Yeah. Um, oh, that paid off. As did, uh, you know, he did also Ratatouille. He took over Ratatouille. He's the director of record on Ratatouille, is he not? Yeah, and, I think that's right. And then, uh, miraculously, somehow, he made the transition to live action, and he made a a, 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 a live action movie that we all like. Mission Impossible 4, yes, wasn't it? exactly. Yeah. So, he went to that as opposed to Andrew Stanton who followed a similar career path but with different results so how does that happen I don't know but um, I, I really think The Iron Giant is is a really great movie It's and it's a weird not just a weird hybrid of how they made it but I, it's, I think part of the problem with it is it's not really a kids movie it's a pretty adult movie I think yeah it's about, definitely some dark it's themes it's mostly about adults it's got some pretty heavy stuff and uh, I think it's a perfectly and and it's referencing things that kids wouldn't relate to, but older people would relate to in right. terms of like that the the period like, way older people exactly much older like people the children uh, I mean the parents yeah. of the children you know it's a period piece and, and weren't even children exactly so you know but I I respond to you know that whole sort of invasion of the flying saucers you know that whole vibe is is so there because um, Brad Bird and I are the same age so I don't in the end I don't know if this movie is it's not really a four quadrant movie and I think that explains why it it probably didn't take off like it was wanted to and maybe the marketing department didn't oh, what do we got here you know I don't know let's get it started um, so, T- or so Trey can tell us all about the Cold War yeah yay <laughs> but uh, anyway I, I think it's a great movie and I would highly recommend it but just not not for kids <laughs> <laughs> This is a good uh, for, for your good 15 year olds uh, Yeah See the Iron Giant It's very good You're at the point Where the Warner Brothers logo Has faded to black Eventually Like we are here Put your finger on the button Three Two One Superman Superman But I was 15 years old At the time That's a shame Hi Euro style So this movie starts With this wonderful Little like boat scene In the, in the ocean And I'm right off the bat reminded that a movie is getting directed when a thing like this happens. Like <laughs> I can't think of other like animated films that have these that have the, the moves and sort of the continuity and the, and the confidence of a director's hand like this. Like usually animated features, especially the Disney ones that I can think of, just sort of feel effortless. Like like yeah, of course that's what you did, but you don't really feel like you know this is a director would have done this scene differently if another guy directed it. Sort of scenes happen in animation, at least not as often. The, More we, in anime, if anything else. But with the Titan AE fonts that happened through this entire thing. Yeah, we were we, we wrote a Euro style kind of mood for a while yeah. there. <laughs> it was the style of the time. Yeah, the Euro style. <laughs> it was just the how time. we were just how we were wearing them then. But like, well, first of all, this is gorgeous. But and everything that happens here in the next two or three minutes is like a really directory scene. Do we know it, if any of the particle effects were also CG enhanced? I would not be a bit this surprised. Is, yeah, there's, there's definitely... I mean, because that's cel-shaded 3D this, water. Yeah. yeah. But they actually do a really wonderful, successful gag over this, because, you know, the, the easiest quote-unquote way of pulling this off would be to do it all CG water. Just fuck it. We're not going to animate that. But what they do is they have the base entirely CG animated like that with a cell shading on it, which is just that sort of click-on, click-off fake shader shader that you can put on that makes it look sort of like you drew it and then they literally go over that that 3d render with cartoon splashes and it gives it this entire like perfect sort of density to it that is just it's a great way to sort of solve the problem of it looks animated and you don't notice it when it's not you only ever notice the parts that are the cartoon parts and you sort of forget that you're looking at these CG waves. And then this whole sequence is just great. It's are, awesome. Are there 2D animation effects guys that specialize in just like, oh, well, we're the, we're the water guys. Oh, yeah. Smoke oh, I have to Absolutely. imagine. I mean, there's there the lightning definitely guy. are. I used to know a water person. Hmm. Uh, oh, not, haven't been, Slip, slippery motherfucker. Yeah, I right? haven't been in touch with her lately. But, Sword uh, in the Stone, um, for point of reference, has some of the best cell animated water ever. Yeah. There's entire sequences of people running around with buckets that are sloshing everywhere and it's 
Gorgeous. Yeah. This, like um, I know someone, yeah, Kath, Kathleen is her name, and she she just, her, she was a water animator was predominantly her thing. I have to imagine that starts by like, you animated water in a shot, and people were like, that's good water, and I, then they yeah. gave you the next one, and it's then just, you just became, it became your No forte. one wants to touch it it's, or yeah, you know, it's, whatever. It's like yeah. being a TD, like being like yeah. a comp TD, where you just like, you want to do the thing, and that's the first foot in the door, and then you're like, oh, well, I'm really good at this thing. Or being, and then right. or you being, may or may not be a totally frustrated or character being a motion-based programmer when there's only were about three of them, and then, you know. <laughs> They just keep goes, calling you. Well, there's the, I, that guy does it, I know. So, And then you do the next 20 of them. So that's how that works. So n- what we're saying is never work on anything. Just never work. Or work on that thing that has never been done before and hope it takes off. That's yeah. Yeah. So on his peewee bike. Yes, I know. He's got a great... Uh, that's a perfect... Uh, and now we sort of move back into this, the directorial style that I'm referring to when I say this is how a lot of animated movies feel. This isn't poorly directed, but the staging is lock-off-y and wide and a lot more proscenium-y whereas that whole water ocean thing and the comet and everything was very much like a camera is moving around and like the blocking is changing in the shots you don't see that shit in cartoons quite as often because it's hard but I guess maybe that's what I'm what the distinction is I mean the only other time I, I think of like the hand of the director in animated movies is like anime stuff like that where it's like it's clearly an artier thing and it's less you know four quadrants and more this, we're, we're doing this because we're artists damn you <laughs> it's got I mean, it looks great. It, I love the way this entire movie looks, but that whole first sequence just seems so actiony. More well, than cartoons I mean, often it's so seem cold to. Open. I, I wouldn't. I, I don't know. I mean, I can think of big camera moves in, in cartoons, just not. I feel like this camera is moving quite a bit. Yeah, I he's mean, doing, it's moving uh, right there. There was this like swing around. There was thing this rack focusy thing with the model, um, and it yeah. swung around on the box when he yeah. notices the box is empty. I mean, this whole thing is just like I, I. I don't think of Warner Brothers as being animation guys. What else have What else did Warner Brothers animation do? Mm, I don't <laughs> know. Bugs, Bugs Bunny, Bugs Bunny, Daffy well, Duck. Well, I, okay, okay, okay. I mean, like in the features game in the eighties and nineties. Yeah. Like I think of Disney. I don't like Ray Little Toaster was that weird Spielberg helped produce it guy team. No Sony. Maybe Sony. But it became Sony. Like I don't know the history of animation that's not Disney very well because they don't do musicals. Um, <laughs> you guys shake fist. No, there's uh, all sorts of... Um, speaking of this and musicals, Pete Townsend's a producer because initially this was going to be one. Well, okay. So there was the book. There was a children's book that this was all based on. Is it also and called then, The Iron Giant? Yes. Iron the, the children's or book is... Or, or the Iron... Iron... The, iron the, the iron's, yeah. Uh, but then Pete Townsend wrote a musical of that, uh, which has crazy stuff like the Iron Man fighting a giant bat the size of Australia on the face of the sun. <laughs> um, yeah, that sounds pretty the who, though. That says musical to me. Yeah. Yeah. So Brad Bird... <laughs> took a meeting with Warner Brothers and was like, hey, I got the, uh, I got the, I got the way to do this. It's going to be about the kid and the giant, and, and it's going to be great. So they said, okay, let's go hash out our deal. And then they went to Tim McCandless, who was the writer on, who was a writer under contract at Warner Brothers. And they said, um, Brad Bird told us how to do this. We're working out his deal, but get started. And huh. he's like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, well, we, here's, here's a piece of paper with all of our notes that we remember of the things that he said. And uh, the lawyers will be done in about a month. So get to work. Interesting. <laughs> and eventually Brad Bird comes on and they're like, who the hell are you and why are you working on my movie? Wow. And he's like, hi. <laughs> uh, that's, um, like, that's like the relationship between Somerset and Mills and Seven. Like, who the fuck are you? Well, they, yeah, they both shrugged and they're just like, all right, well, I guess we're working together. Exactly. And then they uh, wrote the movie. And then, that's an oddly like old school way of doing it for something in the <laughs> late 90s. Nah, we'll give you an office and you'll like it. See? Yeah. That's, I mean, writers aren't really under contract anymore. I don't think they were really under like as a thing he was, he was there working for them already or not not contract writer like uh, not like in the old days where it's yeah. like oh you were a contracted but actors contracted there's writer all, there's all sorts of writers that are like on hold by studios that are just punch up stuff and work on things for them and oh yeah Bruce Valanche 
Patton Oswalt. Yeah. Well, that's fun. Anyway, I, I can, imagine, I can imagine. It's funny because like a, a giant metal robot oh, right, fighting yeah. a bat right. on the sun sounds like the cover of a Who album. The rest of that story yeah, it sounds like a meatloaf album. Yeah, yeah. The rest that of that too. story was the part where like Bradbury's just like, no, it's not going to be a musical. They're like Pete Townsend's executive producer. How are you going to tell him this isn't going to be a musical? <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, you ready. go tell fucking Pete Townsend. We'll yeah, wait. you tell Pete Townsend the, the songs are cut. And they got away with it. And they're just like, no, there's no music. It's going to be like this and like this and like this. And it's going to be a beautiful like period kind of thing. All right. So speculate here. Hypothetically, if you're about to call your boss, Pete Townsend, <laughs> for the first time and introduce yourself and also tell him uh, the whole sort of impulse and the you part of this, we're going to make that go pound sand. How do you start that conversation? Do you start with Yo Dog? Well, first of all, he's partly deaf, so you. I mean, like Yo Dog. Yeah, you don't get Paid? to be Brad. You don't get to be Brad Bird and toss out ninety percent of every studio note that's ever given to you unless you're pretty persuasive. Yeah, no, I'm yeah. sure. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm sure Townsend understood because it sounds like it worked out fine, and he's he's still got a name on this if nothing else. He's happy to take the check, I guess. I just imagine like if you're calling a rock star, where it's like, "Hi, nice to. I'm Brad." Um, so bro or like <laughs> big, big fan what's the little like sort of transition the participle that you use where it's like uh um yo so i just can't imagine trying to start the conversation with a segue so anyway i want to watch that movie that was on the tv just then with the brain on the yeah the yeah, yeah. well there are it's, it's definitely an homage to uh, several movies that are just like that about brains that come to life and do terrible things you're right this is like <laughs> the camera's moving all the time in this movie yeah and I, you know, it's not like I don't think other movies do that. It's just this feels really. There's something about it that makes it feel more directory. Maybe it's momentum. I don't know. It's because at this point, maybe it's because you know it's directed by Brad Bird. Maybe it could be entirely a backwards thing. I smell Brad Bird. Getting to yeah, because you started getting a lot of like multiplaning stuff for free, where you could get a you draw a big enough background and then you can kind of right. zoom around inside of it and yeah. rack focus. There's, there's, there's both of the things going on. Sometimes it's a, it's, a, it's a large plate and then it, you know there's no perspective shift, but they can punch in way on it. And then the, you know as Disney used to do that all the time. You see those Disney matte paintings. And if you look at the whole matte painting, it's this insane Escher painting. Yeah, but it's made to be a, you know to be tracked across. Wonderful video and of, feel like perspective is changing. And, of, you know you can totally do it. Yeah, yeah. Of Walt. Showing off their first multiplane camera. Machine. It's a one like it's. You should find this. It's like an eight minute video from one of the shows that Walt Disney hosted in the sixties or something. I don't want to see one of the first one. I want to see him showing off the last one because they went yeah. from He's like four a, layers to like fifty. Uh, oh yeah, no, this. Well, it, I don't know. It was. It wasn't like a brand new thing. He was just talking about the innovation itself. Uh, and I think it looked like they were doing a matte painting for Fox and the Hound, and they just animated something over it to sort of illustrate. Here's what this does, you guys. But it's just a wonderful. Vi- it's. I didn't grow up. With Disney alive enough or ever to, I, he's a part, like him talking is a part of my life the way it would have been for kids a generation or two ago. Yeah. So like, it's it's magical for me to see Walt Disney and be like, that's him, holy shit. Because I never <laughs> had that experience. And it's him showing how their multiplane system works and it's just the coolest. My, my Disney was Roy Disney. Like Roy Disney <laughs> in my head is mostly what Walt Disney looks like. And yeah, I mean, honestly, when you put them next to each other. Eisner, so. Same genes. I mean, yeah. Oh. Oof. Oof. Yeesh. And like, can you imagine... Like the whimsical shot of Michael Eisner holding Mickey's hand and walking through Disneyland, just, and like, <laughs> <laughs> but just like really uncomfortable. Right, about Mickey's it. hand Maybe. is melting. Like, who frame Roger? Yeah, <laughs> it's disgusting. It's gross. Uh, it's a pretty movie. It's a good looking movie, and it's a good sounding movie too. I'm, I'm, this is this movie does. Um, I would have said probably in advance, like, oh, they did the thing where they cast names instead of good voices. But even though these people aren't. Character, character, character voices. These voices totally work, and it's another reason why this movie has this weird hybrid for me. You know, because Jennifer Aniston, you know, it's like, well, yeah, she, yeah. she doesn't have a distinctive voice, but yeah. she's fine. Harry Connick Jr., I would never have pegged, but never. he, he nails years. it. Nope. And um, Christopher McDonald sounds 
perfect. Yeah. Like you, you, he's like, if you don't know who that name is, you've seen him in every movie ever. Yeah, he's, you he's probably know him from Happy Gilmore. He's Shooter McGavin. That guy yeah. is the voice of the creepy government dude. And that's inspired voice casting because I don't think of that guy's voice at all, but he can totally nail the slimy role. Like he's been the slimy yeah. guy in most of the things he's done. Yeah. He's that guy. The voice that makes sense is uh, Fraser's dad is the general. Yes. You totally can get that one. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, Vin Diesel is the Iron Giant. It's like, well, I mean, you know. Props to you for getting the gig, but uh, I, I think a lot of us could have right. done that one. But okay, that's um, I, is that a, is that a controversial opinion? Because I've had that opinion about both this and Groot. I Even just, though people I mean, keep just, talking about how moving is, I think most of the moving that you're experiencing is context, not necessarily. Yeah, I really think many people, including everyone in this room, could have done. I am Groot, especially Groot. You know, I am some, Groot. Put some filtering on top, but you know, I'm Groot. Yeah, I'm Groot. How was that? All right. Yeah. Brian, give me an I am Groot that says I'm sorry, but I really got to go. I am Groot. That was perfect. Well, all right. Catch you later then. Cut print. So, <laughs> Space Jam um, was Warner Brothers. Yeah, Thank you, guys. Also, also, also a Pee Wee Herman truck matches the bike. I actually saw someone who tried to, tried to argue on, online, as uh, people do. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, about... Well, Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, it's like with Guardians of the Galaxy, yada, yada, you know, uh, you know, not a lesser known property and no stars. And someone actually tried to counter that going by Vin Diesel and and Bradley Cooper are in it. I'm like, uh, yeah, the huge marquee value of what Vin Diesel and Bradley Cooper brought to Guardians of the Galaxy. That that was the secret all along. Um, they aren't even in it <laughs> to any degree that is, uh, makes any difference. But they don't even make cameos on yeah, screen exactly. as voice actors sometimes do. Yeah, and yeah, it would. Yeah, the advertising was all about how this was a Vin Diesel Bradley Cooper vehicle. This movie. So anyway, it's the same here. It's like it's. I mean, you know, he. It's fine. It's great. You know, the the voice of the Iron Giant breaks my heart. I, I it's wonderful. It's uh, yeah. You know, it w- could is, is Vin Diesel the only one who could have done it? I don't think well, so. Also, but he did it. Iron Giant did a great job. It sounds like there's even a little bit more processing or something going on to alter his voice than Groot. Well, I think there's yeah, there's definitely some work on it because Groot Groot is also processed. It's not like they just recorded him raw and that's that's what's in there. But like Iron Giant has a really distinctive like metallic thing going on. That's almost like an effect on top of his voice. Oh, it's definitely got yeah. yeah so it's something. Top. Yeah. After at that, my point being, like at that point, it's like I, it's a fun fact that Vin Diesel is the voice of the Iron Giant. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. how far removed we are from like, oh yeah, that's Vin Diesel's voice, which I don't know if I could pick out of a lineup yeah. anyway. But so, at the time, it was Vin Diesel was as you asked us earlier. It's, it's was not a thing. Yeah. It wasn't be like, oh go oh, Vin Diesel's the voice. That's that's awesome. You know, yeah. it's just kind of like it didn't. You know, it's like oh, it even talks sometimes, and it's really interesting. But you know, I wonder who did the voice. You asked yourself four years later, right, <laughs> when you found out that Vin Diesel was on the planet with us. <laughs> when you first learned about IMDb, yeah, yeah. Some, uh, the annoying guy at the party. Do you know who did the voice of the Iron Giant? No, no, but I have a is feeling it, you're going to tell. I have, yeah. a, I have a feeling that this is our conversation now. Vin Diesel, and is this the part where you tell me who the fuck that is? I, he's the fifth guy in. The, you remember Private Ryan? I don't know the naming convention for male strippers, but I know the joke <laughs> naming convention for female strippers, and I feel like Vin Diesel's a perfect guy. It stripper totally name. does, doesn't it? Vin Diesel, yeah. Wolf, Wolf Blitzer. We're missing the uh, <laughs> that classic fable of the mouse pulling the. Uh, yes, we had the thorn, thorn, from, thorn from the paw, basically, the paw, and then throw a rock down its throat and wake it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is not many people know that second part of that yeah, uh, of that fable, happened. but it's so very. It's, it doesn't make sense without it. We just keep Disneyfying <laughs> these goddamn fables, you guys. Yeah. So what? What, <laughs> what about the part where he throws the rock? They just keep cutting it out. Like that's the point of the story. <laughs> you're cut. You're cutting the whole theme out of it, man. It's a story about how you can make a throat explode easily. <laughs> God, it's about mouse and rocks. So Hogarth has this uh, helmet on the entire time that we don't really 
it doesn't does he ever the take payoff for the helmet doesn't match up yeah, until like I don't know three quarters of the movie when he's having the face off with uh, with uh, Chris McDonald with Chris yes. McDonald's character uh, when you see the little picture of his dad like climbing into an airplane uh, in uh, World right. War II you kind of get him, up yeah, and you're right, like right. oh okay so that's just really perfect yeah. shorthand would've, of, would've have to be, his dad was in the been, war would have been Korea yeah uh, yeah, and then it's like, here we go. His dad was in the war, and he's dead, and now he's got his helmet. That yeah. and they don't make a, a big thing out of it, which I like. Yeah, they it's, barely mention it. Yeah, it's just it's, it's implied, but uh, they don't like do a whole thing. Uh, in one of the deleted scenes, there's kind of like a, a very slow pan around his room at the beginning when we first meet him, like a Zemeckis pan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I there's somebody who has a really great like rage against that that I agree with where it's like nobody walks into a room and does that nobody <laughs> walks into somebody's room when they first meet somebody and just do a slow pan <laughs> well that's it I, 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 totally I, do that. I, say, I, I agree with that point but I, I did that myself when I walked into Trey's house there was like there's like vent dummies and books and it's just like <laughs> this like I did a Zemeckis pan I'm like holy shit look at this place yeah, they never actually, find me. Yeah. I would actually argue that you do sort of do that when you walk into. You do that. Room. Is that book bookshelves? Oh, okay, yeah, what sure, books do they? Bookshelves are very yeah. revealing. But you can do that with your eyes, like just yeah, yeah. if it's framed the right way. You don't need to have the like the I like long it. lens, well, steady cam. Kind of. I agree matter. that it got massively Zoomed down somebody's like, photos. Massively, yeah, that massively overused. Like after a certain point, it got tiresome. But as the first time someone did it, that would have been a, an inspired thing to do in terms of shorthand. It did get overused, but I have to imagine that the instinct in the first place was a really cool, like, oh, shit, we should do that. That's genius. And here we got... Uh, and then we did nothing speaking but... Speaking of animation principles... Uh, Yay! Ollie and... Frank and Ollie. Uh, yeah. Oh, this is the Frank and Ollie cameo? And yeah. they're also in The Incredibles. The cameo. Yes. I hadn't put that together. That's what I call old school. Right, know. exactly. So, and Brad Bird again. Huh. Dude, yeah. Br- Brad Bird represents... Those guys, you know, they... they they, those guys are the godfathers to the generation of animation people that are working now. Yeah. Original nine. Everybody thinks of everybody. Like, the, oh, oh yeah, you know the uh, the twelve old men and they're right. yeah they're nine t- old nine old men. I think it's it's, it's nine or twelve or the Mercury or Seven. I never remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were <laughs> old. They, they were they were like our age. They just ended up getting called the nine old men because they were just because the people who the people forever. who called them that called and them that. Anyway, the brain tr- They were the um, the the key group of guys. Yeah. They were like the. Original Disney version of the Pixar brain trust. They were they Walt Disney's Inglorious Bastards. Yes. Like he was sure. walking back and forth in front of them. <laughs> I, I was saw that. that I just saw that title card in my head. Just the, Walt Disney's Inglorious <laughs> Bastards with like the the Buena Vista sunburst behind it. <laughs> I want me fifty tween frames, and I want my tweens. <laughs> my name is Walt O. Disney. <laughs> <laughs> the nine old man. Thank you, Morgan. God, man. I got that it was, the first try. <laughs> that was like we got, you know, yeah, Morgan. I was thinking set of, us straight on that one. Uh, yeah, thank Mor- you, Morgan. We have an actual animator in the chat room, and we've probably said eighteen terribly wrong things, conflating them with twelve angry men. Twelve angry nine nine, nine, nine old men. Twelve angry. That would add nine, nine to that would 12, add up to twenty one old men. Twelve nine to twelve angry animators. A yep. per, a, a, Five golden <laughs> rings. Twenty one men. A per, a majority of whom are angry. Twenty twenty one salute. Yes. Um. Uh, fifth element. Blackjack? <laughs> yeah. 21 Old Men is a winner. Hit me. That's a really hilarious <laughs> the, uh, beat. The license plates are different on the front and back of that car. <laughs> well, he's is, with, is one of them the A113? No. Because I was looking at it to see if it was going to pull one of those, yeah. and he I didn't. hope somebody lost their job for that one. Yeah. Wow. This is... Of all things, And, to, and what's like, interesting yes. is they animate... His outlines aren't black. They're red or brown. Like everyone else's outlines, I guess I had never noticed that they're colored. Yeah, he has a red. They're not all just like outline. they're not what I would do with a pen and then paint it. 
poorly. Like there's actual colors in the line strokes too. That's it's, cool. It's it's uh, subliminal. Are... It's thematic messaging to tell you that secretly he's a communist sympathizer. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I don't get it. Speaking of which, um, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> Speaking of segues that are hard to land, yeah, really. I just, I was just sort of jumping back to the again. This is a very, this is a very nicely put together movie. Well plotted. Did Bird uh, write this um, himself? Is there anyone who's credited? Uh, yeah, well, he. I think it's like a story credit, maybe. I'm yeah, not sure. McCandless wrote the like scriptier version and then they just work together the same way that you do like at Disney okay. because I think this is a you know this this is a beautifully constructed movie and a lot of and a lot of you know thematic things are in there that uh, you know and then one of the ones I like uh, again especially because I relate to it because I do I do you know myself remember the era when they said oh yeah hide under your desk when the nuclear bomb goes duck off and kids cover. and you know I was I was just like a year or two too late for duck and cover literally but we still had that that they would you know every so often your teacher would would you know okay so by the way you know if the ruskies do right. launch bombs uh, everyone should hide in your desk and you know but <laughs> by that point everyone was like i think the awareness was more like that seriously isn't actually going to help is it it's just i don't think so because the bombs kept getting bigger and it was like you know you would see these information about well yeah you know this now they have these you know ultra mega super megaton warheads that are 10 billion times the size of hiroshima warhead and you know just one of those in denver will you know make your teeth glow in austin and 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 you just kind of go so really this hiding under my desk thing is bullshit right i mean because come on so but this this is a you know this movie set in 57 and it, it makes this contrast about how, you know, this the, the duck and cover and, you know, hey, yeah, if you just do, you know, A, B and C, you're going to be fine. And it's even Manly himself at the end, the guy, you know, who's like, you know, the party line. <laughs> One nuclear bomb. We're dead, dude. It's <laughs> over. We're not going to get through it. There's nothing we can do. Right. It's a bomb. Should it's a, a nuclear shelter? bomb. No, nah, we're good. Yeah. Don't even think about it. <laughs> you know, it's so the idea that that whole that the propaganda of the government and the okay, but if it ever really goes down, none of that shit's going to be true, and and this movie even has that kind of wired into it. So again, it's like yeah, and because kids love that message, they they dig that. You know, you know, you can be a princess, but if there's a nuclear bomb, that whole thing your parents said about hiding in your desk is bullshit. Okay, night night. I mean, it's just <laughs> I just don't think it's a I just don't think it's a kids movie, um, which is. I think possibly another reason why it didn't, because again, it didn't quite have, it was 99. It wasn't hip yet really to like, you know, to go to a movie if you didn't have a kid along to justify, you know, the, 90, to, did uh, the things say it was 92. Did we find out it's 99. It was? 99. An, an, okay. uh, animation, you know, an animated movie, especially a cartoon animated movie, you know, Pixar like, well, there's the Pixar makes those movies every couple of years and those are kind of fun, but uh, you know, those are different. Those aren't cartoons really. That's, that's different. So, so this is, you know, just, it had this thing like, oh, it's a Disney cartoon. So adults were like, well, you know, I'll rent it and I'll buy that VHS when it comes out. But, uh, you know, it's like, no, it really isn't a Disney cartoon, even though it, it's a Warner's cartoon. And it's not really even a cartoon in terms of what you think of as a cartoon. Because um, we're miles away from Pixar even starting to make their more adult stuff, which, you know, shockingly, one of the ones <laughs> that was... That way was so when Brad Bird made The Incredibles, which is another movie that's about adults mostly and only a little bit about kids. So, do you think this uh, would have been more successful as, as a Disney film if it had been 
under the uh, Disney umbrella. I mean, no, you, I think I think no. I think it would have been just the same problem. Is like yeah. it's you know all the more it's for kids and so they it gave isn't. it they gave it like no marketing budget. But then the couple of commercials that they actually did put out once it was on like DVD or VHS or whatever it was at the time were embarrassing, like crazy bad. They had nothing to do with the movie. It was just like giant children with like some spin doctors y kind of iron giant <laughs> song just running around like playing what? baseball in a city huh yeah that it's, is well that's weird that's i yeah it's like that if you go back and actually like, it was a gogurt com- they had like a gogurt commercial for the iron giant i want to see that whatever the hell that was well i mean it's like that if you go back and watch like you can find them on youtube like the original spots that fox made for firefly like well, they're on episodes three and five we where can you bring can, them like, up later they're you like can, you can watch gross. the the commercials that they were using to try to get people to watch firefly and it's like the fuck show do you think you're doing an ad for that's that's why i never watched firefly because i saw some ads and i was like oh whatever the fuck that is oh, i'm not watching yeah. it i know I, I only know one thing about that show not for me yeah. the, the iron giant commercial is thank you marketing is a, is a joke about it, it's like it's worse than the worst joke you could make about how to miss sell a movie to somebody <laughs> were they oh. using actual footage from the movie or did they just make a thing like a little bit like on like a billboard as like a kid's running by it like skateboarding or let's <laughs> i love the 90s oh that's so dumb giant kid giant giant skateboarding kid you know what's real cool is the Iron Giant by Warner Brothers. <laughs> yeah, and I'm it, see it, goes, that. it goes down on like a like a cool like guitar riff, and then it, yeah, hey guys, no, we no, should skateboard for a while and then go see the Iron Giant. Yeah, it's, like a, it's like exactly that. It's, After we tear up these cool shreds, then we're gonna jam over to see the Iron Giant. These rollerblades, man, that was a fun. That was a fun retarded couple years there. <laughs> yeah, it was between it, like Saved by the Bell. We're like we were we were we were really we got rid of the like the triangle as a design object for years <laughs> yeah. in like in like one thing one cultural icon just like all right we're good with the triangles for like thirty years <laughs> save by the bell and Rocco it's like all right never mind it looks it looks too much like this second we need to get away from this you get all the obloids and the and the weird like like half swiggles like the little like the S and kiss sort of shapes and then just overlapping deltas obloid? And is obloid the right geometric Obloid is the one uh, that's kind of like a rounded triangle, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know. I think obloid is a generic term that you can use to describe that process being put on the corners of a polygon. But I might be wrong. Morgan, am I wrong? I'm <laughs> sorry, <laughs> Morgan. Morgan, just get in here already. Yeah, right, just get on a plane. Look at those trees. What a weird choice. It's cool. The trees are a weird choice. Well, no, just the way they're, <laughs> the way they're stylized. They're like just these weird little like just jagged lines. It's always interesting to me the the stylistic sort of um, not gimmicks but like the style guide choices that are made in movies like how all the the faces and the feet and the hands and Hercules are blocked off with little spirals and shit and just the things they decide to do that's our look for this movie and it's I, I would be interested to find out how they make those decisions and who's in charge of basically saying yes or no to the the spirals and everything on Hercules or whatever or like what what are our trees going to look like because we have to tell them you know there's trees in half of these shots what are the painters going to paint uh, they should look like this are we square we're square. This like, entire this entire schools of background art, like people that think it should be more or less detailed, depending. Because, like, uh, for instance, Disney throughout his entire career always thought that the backgrounds need to be lush as shit, right? Like full, full, like full of detail, and all that. really painterly, nothing but production detail, and um, that's why he really and not out of focus, not he, painted out of focus. He really didn't like 101 Dalmatians. Almost exclusively, or for a lot of reasons, but yeah, also that was for very that reason. stylized, very out of character. Super, yeah, it was yeah. like super mod, kind of like just really wow. shapey, kind of screwy backgrounds that are 
awesome and gorgeous, uh, but they were very much not to style. They did not fit the Disney brand. I haven't seen images of 101 Dalmatians in years. Hold on. Let me yeah, pull look up. up some of the stuff of the... Yeah, it's, it's um, got a, it's a very, it was a very radical style. Like huh. Some of the opening shots and some of the other... Uh, Interesting. All right. So like this kind of thing. Corel de Ville. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's just like single, uh, completely yeah. like monocolor. Sure. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just flat. And it's a weird sort of color contrast difference between what's going on in the foreground and what's going on in the background. Yeah, weird. I hadn't thought of that. I mean, I mean, now, like, what the backgrounds in cartoons look like these days, I say cartoons, animation, but this style of animation are is these sort of, like, painted out of focus sort of matte painting backgrounds that are a little bit more, like, they don't paint bokehs, but they do everything except for that sort of thing, where it's not supposed to draw attention to itself. It sort of sits behind them. And you can usually see the layer of, like, the animated part on top of it really clearly this movie does a pretty good job of blending them but sometimes it's and the interactive lighting they keep doing with this weird paint jobs and stuff is really cool um but they do a good job of blending them in this movie so you can't tell but and again sometimes it's just like there's a person with no contact shadow standing in front of an impossibly blurry background and you just it's it, it looks more like i don't know like it looks exactly like what it is just a multi-plane gag that they didn't put us something to cover or at least deal with the transition point and it looks weird. So this movie does that well, too, I guess. Question mark. Hooray! I was talking. <laughs> <laughs> Do you... Because clearly uh, Warner Brothers has never built or managed to build, you know, a... Oh, wait, no, here they are. That's, that's Frank and... Um, um, I think this is them again. Ongoing... With these two guys. Like, animation feature franchise, you know, like... Bugs Bunny is not a thing in the way that Mickey Mouse is a thing. Yeah. Right? Um, not the same. Not the same way. Yeah. Not yeah. Not anymore. At least. And Warner Brothers just doesn't have the the same you know animation uh, engine that Disney is you know famous for having. Like, do you guys know when that happened? Like, what the was there a divergent point where? Well, Disney's diversified into, you know, it's it's you can buy Bugs Bunny pillows too, but it's just you right. know, Dis- Disney just. Once they figured out that marketing thing, it sounds like they stopped in like 1967, like, 1969. I mean, I'm sure that there's, I think every kid, you know, there's lots of kids out there who know exactly who Mickey Mouse is. They've probably never seen a Mickey Mouse cartoon, right? But they, well, you know, they're aware point, of Mickey yeah. Mouse is, uh, you know, for what he is. So, you know, because like, does, are there even such things as Mickey Mouse cartoons? You know, he's, he hosts, you know, he hosts a cable network. I know that, but it's not like he's, <laughs> you know, working a lot otherwise. Uh, because he's become more, he's a, he's a brand. He's not a he's not a he's not movies anymore. So but, just um, the sort of glossy first paragraph sort of understanding I'm getting from the wiki here is that in like the in the like 30s onward, Leon Schlesinger slash Warner Brothers cartoons were making those Merry Melodies and Looney Tunes stuff, and that stopped in like 67, 68, and then they rebooted it in 1980, trying to do movies and stuff like that. The Space Jam, yeah, and yeah, uh, it that. looks it looks like Space Jam. <laughs> Space Jam is your first poll <laughs> for 1980. Oh, <laughs> looks like they gouged Hanna Barbera a little bit. Yeah, interesting. Let me see if I can find it. Like so that. It, yeah, so like, what? What? Oh, Lego movie. So well, Batman: right. Mask of the Phantasm was the first like feature, right? Okay. A, oh, as that is right. Yeah. And then Warner Brothers feature took over, and you get Space Jam, Quest for Camelot, Iron Osmosis Giant, Osmosis Jones, Osmosis Jones, which, which did not do well either. That didn't oh, okay. go well. All right. Yeah. And then kind of they went dormant for a while, looks like, yeah. and became Warner Animation Group, and that was the the first one that came out of that was the Lego movie. So there you go. Huh. Weird. Yeah. Space, Space Jam Two. Asterisk. Space Jam Two. Asterisk. Shut it down. Shut it down. Uh, they announced a sequel. No go. No go. Set up to follow LeBron. All right. I'm out. Oh, yeah. I'm closing that window, guys. We're out of that. Forget it. Conversation is changing now. <laughs> Let's go back to watching this. Put awesome it away. Movie. Close that window. Let's go back to watching this awesome no, movie. No speaking about that. So, yeah, Warner Brothers, Warner Animation is, is a thing that kind of 
it's, happens it, when they want for it to happen. Yeah, it uh, it's it's the kind of movie where you'll see a three star general drinking bourbon. Yeah. in his study. Sure, like you do, but um, you know, again, it's like God bless him for making this one. And and I, this, I actually, Osmosis Jones is is not as successful as this movie. Um, Artistically, but I kind of have a soft spot for some of it too. It's got there's some, there's some interesting, insane things. Well, it's just going, kooky as shit. Yeah, going on in Osmosis Jones and uh, I. Anything that puts, um, even if it's just their voices, you know, David Hyde Pierce and, and Chris Rock into a scene together, I'm 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 down. But um, there should be more of that, certainly in life. But there's a lot of another thing that they're doing that's maybe more than what I'm used to seeing is this really delineated lighting. They're actually painting on lighting in, in a in a way where the it adds a dimensionality to it without there being a line separating whatever the lighting is doing. That happens. You see rim lights a lot in this movie. It happens whenever you see a source in the, in yeah, the frame. That like, it becomes I don't associate sourcey lighting with Disney animation that much. That looks, I, I see that look more in like TV cartoons from the 80s and 90s. It looks it's more super like, expensive and they, yeah, get, yeah, they got to start doing it at this point because this was all digitally colored. Which is why oh. you can get red lines and why you can get oh, like, a, cell shading. Wasn't like, uh, is that the system that's called Caps or is Caps the animation? Caps system? is way there might be a different Caps. But. Well, that's the Disney. But was the Disney where I know that Caps is a system that Disney brought in in the nineties. I'm trying to remember if that's the system where they can use that to fill in colors and solidify the coloring process. I don't know. This might have been done with like Amigas. Like I can't say. Could have been. I have no idea. I think it was done with pencils. I am I am with Manly here that Hogarth is really an unfortunate name to name what your kid. Is, I, I meant to look that up before I came up. I'll look it up now. Like Hogarth, Hogarth. Where the hell does that name come from? <laughs> hog, hug. Uh, well, Manly, like he's he's doing his job this entire movie. Like he's he is correct. Yeah, and he is doing everything yeah. right. He's, and he's, he's, not, he's not even like too paranoid. He's like he, he's he Wayne Matheson from Ghostbusters. He's doing what he, he's doing his job. But it's it's kind of like a tragic, like reasonable descent into madness for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> it's and again I think I think that he's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's right the whole time. Well, that's and again that's why this what I really one of the things I admire about this movie because I think it's this interesting thematic idea that, you know, the government itself whether it was just trying to, you know, keep the public calm about things or or was genuinely deluded and it's somewhere in the middle. It's like if this shit goes down we're all dead. Uh, it's like it, we just are. It's just over and so he you know, he's He's trying to, you know, do the thing and all that. But then when he's finally faced with the consequences of the actions that he's been told to take, you know, it's 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 like, well, what did you do that for? We're screwed. Well, I'm supposed to. It made sense at the time. Yeah. So there is a uh, famous uh, painter called William Hogarth who apparently pioneered uh, sequential art. So I'm betting. Oh, that did, is, did he, was that not? No, that was Duchamp. Sequential art, like triptychs and shit like Duchamp. that. Uh, yeah, it's basically the precursors to comics huh. and animation. Oh, so maybe Bird's it's a, fucking with us there. Yeah. Bird, Bird. His work ranged from realistic portraiture to comic strip-like series of pictures called Modern Moral Subjects. Mm. I think not. Well, whatever. Hogarth. Well, well, first time I saw this movie, the, the line that... The line that uh, really rocked me i was like what what is this movie was the line that just happened there where um manly there says this is why it's important to chew your food i was just like whoa <laughs> where did that come from oh there's so many poop it's, jokes later i just, it's just we like, haven't gotten to the like poop this, joke montage yet. oh the laxative yeah the whole laxative <laughs> well, that, that's sequence. true you're right no one will be seated during the laxative sequence yeah, everybody will be seated it's, during good, the enough for, <laughs> it's good enough for uh-huh. I can't think it's of other Jeff Daniels to, to same as he still had a career. Same as the sourcey thing. I can't think of other animated instances of lens flares when the when it f- 
Like, I, I can oh, yeah, remember. That, he's just fucking with us at that point. That's just an awesome thing to do. Yeah, no, I agree. And it happens multiple times. You see lens flares in this movie a few times. Yep. I can't think of other movies where they oh, did the spirit, that. just the spirit. Yeah, I know. Well, this is clearly what uh, Brad Bird's trying to get us into stuff. Like the spirit, everybody, just look it up. Oh, also the spirit's all, like the spirit movie. You guys got to watch it. That's, again, that's it's a awesome. famous thing. I've, it's I, a really good movie. It's it's not Sin City on it's, purpose. It's kind of universally hated. It's good. It's, is, is this the, is that the one that came out a little while, like five or eight years ago? Yeah, it was yeah after yeah, Sin City, it was trying to just be the next right, Sin City, and it right. completely. There's tanked. a lot of really great stuff that and they do really with like the merging of. Uh, cartoon language and cinematic language that oh. everybody completely passes over and ignores because they're just like, there's no Sin City. I want to see who's beat up instead of like... Right. I watched the, the beginning of it because it was on uh, Netflix or whatever you know, and, uh, and and I just found it kind of really disjointed with the first part of it and and I was like, what the hell's happening in this movie? Um, so I never made it through. It's more of a tone poem. I, I forgot it existed. <laughs> yeah. And there was also like... People, oh, it, it people remember fast. People remember Roger Rabbit but they forget about Cool World. <laughs> yeah. Just like, oh, yeah. Just the, weir- the weirdest like... <laughs> It's, like, like, it's a bad gig to get into making animated features. It doesn't go well usually. It's not a bad. Morgan, you should uh, look into you know dry cleaning or something in the food insurance. service industry. The insurance. Uh, there's always work at the post office. So it was shot like the, um, uh, the little Scorsese thing that just happened as um, as Hogarth got lifted up by the giant. Um, worked really because it was one of the few shots where you get to. Uh, I guess one of the few shots where you get a really good point of reference for what the perspective should be of Hogarth at any given time. Hmm. Uh, so they could draw the kind of 3D swing around perspective of him on twos and have it match perfectly with the giant, which is nice. Oh, that, it hadn't even occurred to me that that'd be a pain in the ass to figure out how to do that. That's why he's huh. that's why he's CG, because it would be a pain in the ass to do that for this entire movie. That's interesting. It's he's, also, a, he's a giant round object that you get to see around and yeah. and against the. It was also because they just they wanted him to be to not have because an actual an actual <laughs> cartoon cell shading, this the lines are but you know there's a little buzz to the lines because each one is they had drawn. To, they yeah. they put a buzz back in. Like they had, they gave they, right, they gave him a little bit, but they wanted him to line. be not like that, have that hand drawn edge. They wanted him to be yeah, you know, have a clean edges. a clean solid edge. More so than a, a cartoon normally would have. So yeah, basically, it's the better looking. Are there version people sleeping in that? Do... Ca- like, I've, that shot's always freaked me out because it looks like there's people sleeping in that car before he eats it. <laughs> there's like feet like up on what the are dashboard. You doing, there's Ruby? two sets of feet up on the dashboard. Um, I like to think that there is. Because <laughs> that makes <laughs> that, that makes it a whole different movie. All of a sudden, this movie. I like how he's hiding behind the giant <laughs> robot. Yeah, <laughs> there is a. Transformers level of absurdity in terms of like how is nobody seeing this three story foot tall well, because he's standing in front of a billboard yes Man. no that's a big billboard because he, he exists in a world without parallax Brian yes I understand this. see there's these things called flatties flatties I was going to do the whole like two dimensional round, round a box three dimensional thing flatland whatever oh, oh, oh. because was, it's a cartoon so he doesn't exactly it's a dimensionality but he's 3d this joke is going nowhere nope <laughs> no give it up Superman. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that just something I was just trying to just try to I was trying anything there I panicked huh <laughs> interesting it is a good looking movie though no, that was interesting he like reached at the camera yeah he just he just he just took a car right off the camera so he's eating different cars yeah. he didn't he didn't eat the people car oh yeah yeah okay that's good but I'm assuming that, that people got would have gotten out before yeah before he got towed away to the junkyard yeah, we can only yeah. hope that that yeah uh, what kind of town is this? It could have just been like flowers or something else. <laughs> <laughs> there, 
These little moments of just insane humor. <laughs> like, what the hell? Where he just flings the car. That just like great little touches of. Hmm. All right, round the room. Like Favorite animated soul patch. Go. Ah, <laughs> this guy. This guy. What is Harry Connick Jr. doing now? He did this. He was a fighter pilot in Independence, <laughs> Independence Day, Day for two seconds. He's in Memphis Bell. And he's the tail gunner in Memphis Bell. Well, well he's, he's doing his day job, which is being a lounge singer being guy. a musician yeah so i have no idea we find out. i thought I, I thought he was an actor that was then doing no he's a musician stuff, who then the they say oh around. let's yeah, you know yeah. put him in some movies like you do you know right. it's like and then he can sing one of his hits and blah 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 i mean that's that was i think memphis bell was the first if not one of the one of the first you know where it's like oh great we'll get harry Connick jr because we need 10 guys and 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 we'll make him like he'll do a number and they'll do a big band because he he's a big band guy he'll do a big band number the night before the big battle and perfect you know it's like they've been doing that in war movies since you know they've been making war movies as you cast the pop star so you get a musical number in there good old frankie sinatra exactly oh it's like looks like he has a re- recurring role in law and order svu okay there you go so now he splits the difference but uh, he was he was known first as a you know a retro big band guy and then uh you know hmm. yeah it looks like he had about started like, you know they started stunt casting has about first. a role a year in a movie and some tv work and probably still does all sorts of music so sounds like it rock on yeah holy shit look at his discography he's got a million things on this yeah he's a musician he's not an actor <laughs> no but like paul mccartney doesn't have that many albums that's yeah. fucking it's crazy yeah so there you go harry connick jr best animated soul patch Clearly, in, in, a, in a limited field, let's be also honest. Also, best animated beatnik in a smoking jacket, yeah. drinking espresso in a children's yeah. film. Again, boy, kids love that, uh, yeah, those espresso references. <laughs> it's him or Rafiki. <laughs> uh, he's also, got the yin-yang on his face. He's, he's totally a, hip. He's a hipster before there was such a thing. There's another deleted scene in, the, uh, like in class where essentially we get all of the background in a kind of like protracted, kind of boring scene that Hogarth just laid out in five seconds of caffeine-addled like background <laughs> oh, information. Oh, right. That's actually a good shorthand. Like you could get away with that. That's a thing you could use in all movies, by the way. Yeah, just have, you know, just hanging just out. Have with the son of the protagonist's <laughs> like love interest just drink too much coffee and say everything that you need <laughs> and to tell you the whole story. So you could you could put you could just voice that little trope into anything to kind of get yourself out of a spot. And it plays as a comedy beat, but people learn what they got to learn. That's genius. That will be the new panning across the room. For the 2010s. All movies will have a little kid just get coked up and explain the plot to If I had a dime for every time they did the kid on Espresso does all the exposition. I mean, it's, isn't it yeah. time we retire that trope? Well, no. We're going to do a gritty version of it where the kid just does a bump. Just, he just does a rail of cocaine and then he tells you the entire movie. <laughs> where the kid then explodes. Yeah. And then he keeps going and foreshadows the rest <clears throat> of the movie. I know kids like that. You know kids like that. Why don't movies have kids like that? We all have kids like that. I don't like that they did this. The, they, why? That's the, the, the one place in the entire movie where they cut to like a... The title card. Guy seven minutes later just did that joke. Just because, yeah, it's a... a, lower, a lo- lowercase Helvetica title card. It's, <laughs> just, a, it's a one-off, where. yeah. It's, just, it's, it's, it's the one bit of... Uh, like edit one, comedy? It, why wasn't that in Eurostyle? Everything else is just... <laughs> For one thing. Like, they could have just cut First to... All. They could have just cut away and cut back and have the sky be a little bit brighter and have him like kind of... Very exhaustedly banging on the door. Yeah, it's, it's they could have panned slowly yeah. across every item in the junkyard. That's true. That's that, the, that that would have been see, an appropriate time see, to do that, the <laughs> and then come back to him and just be like, okay, well, he could have had that face on, but 
Instead, they cut to like a it's true. It thirty-seven is, it's, minutes it's later. A, it's it's a, hard. Like, why, why? It's a why? funny little. It's a funny little thing because it's not stylistically anywhere else. It's that's always that's one of those things. It's like it's not a motif. You know, it's like just a weird moment. Another another uh, deleted e thing. Um, while the giant was sleeping there, I think that might be why they did it because look at that wallpaper. That, that, that during wallpaper that thirty-seven, I think it was during the thirty-seven. That okay, I just answered my own question. The thirty-seven minutes later card cut, I guess, from the point where. Um, there was a part where the giant was sleeping and then inside Harry Connick Jr. is watching TV and then the giant's dream gets projected onto the TV and you Ooh. see Ooh. where he's from and how he got there. Oh. Uh, something about like he was from some planet where there was like a million iron giants and there was a big war and the planet blew up and then he like got reassembled in space and flew back to Earth or and flew and just crashed into Earth like hmm. coincidentally. Which I'm glad they cut because it completely detracts from. Yeah, I, one of the things I admire about this movie is it never says where the hell he came from. Yeah, it was um, kind of like a weird abstract kind of idea, like just bits and pieces of images of like lots of iron giants and then some explosion or something. Because at some point when they were writing it, or at some point along the way, there was a guy who said, "But people are going to want to know the backstory," and he was wrong. No one cares. <laughs> yeah, but people are going to want to know where he's from. Okay, Pete. So we'll, instead, we'll write just it. Like, so you just cut the and scene, and then in the avid defaults, just write 37 minutes later, and then just like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then just bump the scenes together, and you're good to go. Literally put a slug on top of it and forget it ever happened. Do you ever? I, I don't know if anyone else does this, but do you ever imagine what cartoon characters would look like if they were in real life? And I don't mean like the this is the caricature he's, of he's them. the guy version of the mom from Home Alone. Hmm. Isn't the mom from Home Alone Catherine O'Hara? Yes. Yes, but Catherine O'Hara with a very specific flippy hair. Oh no, I'm talking about that chin, dude. Yeah. Oh, like that chin with the, the like face that is like four feet tall all yeah. by itself. Yeah. Like he he has he has like the he has his head is the vertical video to Hey Arnold's cinemascope. Like he, Hey Arnold has that wide head that goes on in forever in both directions. He has that tall head that goes on forever in both directions, and both of them would be horrifying in person. <laughs> all of which would be horrifying in person. That said, I don't know how they stack up compared to the Soul Patch guy. <laughs> Whose face has shading on it? He has lineless goatee face. That seems like such a huge pain in the ass to like have to pay attention to what the shading's doing on his 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 chin moving goatee without lines on it. It's just a uh, five yes. o'clock shadow that he has perpetually, even though it doesn't never seems to shave. What do you what do you call it? It's a landslide. Get it? Because it's laxative chocolate. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Mudslide, land. I see, I see. Should have called it a fudge slide. Ooh. That's two on the nose. Uh, round the room. Favorite laxative joke <laughs> in movies. Um, Three ninjas. That's the poopy cup. Um, there's a bunch though, isn't there? Like I see, it seems familiar to me now. I, I go with bridesmaids. Laxative, laxative joke. Did not really care for it in Dumb and Dumber myself, but uh, bridesmaids. I thought they they did a great job. They nailed it. You might say. <laughs> It <laughs> doesn't even mean anything. No, no, it just sounds bad. <laughs> no, it just sounds bad. It sounds like there's a correlation there. Yeah, I feel like there's a laxative joke that I like. It's on the tip of my tongue, and that's not a thing that I want. No, that's not a way to no, say. No, that's not. That's exactly where you don't want right. that phrasing. Um, I'm just gonna add one where there wasn't one. Um, when when Obi Wan Kenobi, <laughs> oh yeah, is running around the Death Star. Talk about a deleted scene. Looking for a place to poop. <laughs> Yep, that's my favorite laxative joke. He suspects the Canadians, which I think is a wonderful... Uh, yes. Well, they're, they're up to something. Tell us about the Canadian well, Red look, Menace. I'd like yeah. to point out the fact that Hogarth 
is actively participating in a conspiracy. Yes. To, Honestly, I think oh, he, he's, to, to defraud the he's United States sort government of a terrorist. to the point where they have to react to... He he's a, he's in a... See what I'm saying? Like, Hogarth's a terrorist. Hogarth is like deliberately driving a guy crazy. He can see it, and he's not stopping. He's going further. He's like the psychotic Cold War Ferris Bueller with a giant robot friend and, and William Atherton. In this case, I guess it would be the French studie guy in, in Ferris Bueller. This analogy is falling apart. Is, is, is single-handedly trying to end the world by freaking out the guy with his finger on the button. Hogarth is a dick, the movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I mean, it's like you, like you guys said. Read the room, Hogarth. He's going to kill us all. Uh, Manley's, uh, you know, mission and point of view is perfectly reasonable. Just, there is a giant fucking robot tramping around the countryside. Yeah, exactly. Of okay. unknown origin. Of true, unknown origin. True or false? There is a giant, <laughs> yeah. dangerous alien robot. Normally, True. isn't that something you yeah. want the authorities to step in right. and deal with? Now, From it's all adorable to watch this kid, like, defraud the U.S. government and keep him in secret as a conspiracy to commit God knows what fucking crimes, but I'll find out. But, like, if you didn't know this kid and you're watching the movie about how this is happening somewhere in the world and a kid won't tell the government where the giant <laughs> evil alien is, that movie's not adorable. There's no whimsy there. That's a kid they fucking kill. That's a bad thing. And a bad message to send to kids. Right. Okay, no, but look at it this way. Well, by, by him doing this, he, whether or not he knows this, he is staving off what the eventuality of what happens at the end of the movie. If, He's giving any, more time. If, if he finds out what happens... No, because if the government finds out where this giant robot is and get the troop movement out there and move on it to destroy it because they're in extremely high alert uh, Cold War mode. Right. Everything that happens at the end of the movie is going to happen anyway. So if instead of that, he gets to make a tilt-a-whirl out of the robot, then whatever. He's, like, saving time. Like, he's staving off an inevitability as opposed to, like, having Superman happen at the beginning. If he doesn't tell him Superman, then they all would have died. If he doesn't keep keep the giant... In right. secret, long enough to teach him his, give him his humanity. Delta awarded. If he doesn't, yeah. So if oh, more poop joke. Yeah. Um, if he doesn't, agent poop in the woods. If he doesn't befriend the Iron Giant, the town gets nuked anyway. Fine. I feel. I think he's a dick anyway. But your point is solid. Well, they're they're also <laughs> felons, which is just unlike like, Manly's. Wah wah. You don't see a lot of sunglasses in cartoons either. Yeah. Because it hides the, the face. I mean, the, the eyes are the expressive part. Well, and you catch you end up catching the camera crew in the reflection. That's yeah. Honestly, the only animated sunglasses I can think of right now is Kidvid on the Burger King bags in 1996. <laughs> well, when was the last time you watched Princess and the Frog? Because there's yeah. all sorts the of crazy effects and stuff in there that you're not used to. I've never, I've never seen that movie. But for this, you're seeing like some of the very first digital augmentations that you can get onto like 2D animated feature kind of things. So you have stuff like this and Titan AE and Princess and the Frog and every ostensibly 2D yeah. to 3D, 2D, 2.5D sort of uh, cel-shaded films. Yeah, 3D-assisted 3D animation. All, yeah, you get all kinds of cool stuff, like the trees moving like that. The first one, and if I recall, they made a big stink about, or not stink, a big deal about the uh, Stampede and the Lion King. Yeah, the Stampede and the Lion yeah. King was cool because it was... Um, and there's also the, the ballroom. There's a big shot. Because they were hurting A big algorithms. sweeping shot of the ballroom in Beauty and the Beast. That was there's, a a bunch of, there's a bunch of flocking al- algorithms in yeah. uh, the... Were they uh, were they flocking this way? <laughs> I'd like to I like to imagine the notes process was like can they there you can go. they flock a little bit more that way? Reflection of the tidal wave in his glasses. Yeah. That's why he's wearing turns out can they can they flock the way they were going? I remember <laughs> that. That's the notes process. Um, yeah, isn't there a <laughs> <laughs> uh, comedy? 
That was a hell of a thing. I don't even know how the hell they animated that. Old school. Uh, yeah, isn't there like a big sweeping, like what you would almost call a steady cam crane kind of shot in Beauty of the Beast? There's a big shot that starts in like the top corner of this really tall room and yeah. it sweeps down to the floor. And, and that was CG them. too. That you was can right. tell yeah. that, that was, yeah, that was the first, um, that was Tale the first, as time. what's the word? It was the first hard body like environment 3D that they did. The first character 3D that they did Aladdin, was the, 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 the uh, carpet, the, not the carpet. The first one that they did was the cave. Oh, the cave right. Animation. Who dare disturb well, then my also, slumber? Also the... Also the carpet, but the carpet was just a polygon that they just had. A, um, so they very, animated over the... It's a very bendy polygon. Yeah. They, anim- they No, no, no. The, oh, that's what it was. Okay. The carpet was done in 2D, but the image they, was... Yeah, they distended the pattern so it would bend right. Yeah, the image was applied in 3D. Uh-huh. When we did the Hanna-Barbera ride in 1989, we did all CG environments so you could you know because it's a continuous flight simulator but then there was cell hmm. the characters were cell all the Hanna-Barbera characters were were cell characters um, so we had these our, our version of the thing was a completely empty world there were no you know right. there was no Fred and Barney in it everything was there it was all photo real bedrock but none of the characters were there and then we handed it over to I think it was I think it was Kurtz and Friends I believe who did the animation of it um if not, I wasn't. Did they include some sort of a variation on booth? motion blur, or was it like on twos? Was the actual riot itself on twos? Uh, it was. It was. It's both. It's the uh, the the world itself has has blur to it, um, so it doesn't strobe because otherwise it would have been really hard to look at. But the characters themselves, I believe, I, I as I recall, they are on twos. Um, and it was. It was. I remember there was discussion like, is this even going to work? And it's like, it's it's totally fine. It's you know, huh. it's like. Cartoon characters are cartoon characters, and and so we had this you know photo ish bedrock, but it still was bedrock. It still you know it was a three D bedrock, but it wasn't you know it still had the right all the textures and colors that you would expect. So it turned out to, it all worked. And now he learns of the oh. cruelty of man. Bambi, no. Oh, the, I miss my kitties. That deer's <laughs> name is Yorick. <laughs> alas, alas. Poor Yorick. Poor Yorick unit. (laughs) (laughs) Yorick 517, inactive. That's the dumbest joke. (laughs) (laughs) That's really really funny. (laughs) Yorick unit. He hath born Hogarth on his back a thousand times. Somebody somebody must have done Hamlet as a robot, right? Sorry. That's got to be good. (laughs) (laughs) If not, I got a YouTube video I'm thinking of right now. In the chat, Jeremy, on twos. Calculon surely did it. The the term on twos refers to instead of animating every single frame of your, say, 24 frames a second, you would animate every other on twos, every 12 frames, which one, just gives you half as much work, and two, looks fine, and three, looks more animated. And it's easier to kind of keep it consistent. what animation looks like in yeah. your brain like uh, Night Before Christmas I think was animated on Tuesday as I think someone, or Step Frame whatever you want to call I it think someone, and you know in stop motion as well same thing you don't you know it's just sometimes if you have the luxury of moving the thing on every frame you do but otherwise you, you do it every other frame I think Leica's been doing it on ones for the last couple movies maybe yeah. video the video assist 
has made that much more possible. Yeah. Because yeah. because now you have the frame grab. You know, now it's a standard tool. You have a frame grab where you can literally just pop the frame from one to the next. So if you want to do 500 little things all moving incrementally from frame to frame, you can right. totally track all that. Whereas that used to be, you know, you'd have to do it manually and bring in a little right. metal pointer to go, well, that's where his hand was before, but I guess I'll put it here. So, um, yeah, like American animation with money behind it tends to be on twos or it was during the, through the golden ages of animation. Um, anime. Snow White was animated on something weird, wasn't it? Like, anim- maybe. I, I, uh, well, whatever. Anime is on threes. Go on. Um, Anime has yeah. been on threes as a cost saving. Family and Guy's on thirty fives. Did you know that? <laughs> it's weird. And Star's on forty fives. Yeah. These are pretty matte paintings. It's so pretty. Yeah. Color theory, you guys. It works. The color palette of this <laughs> is really, really pretty. It's a it's a beautiful looking movie. Artistic and shit. It's awesome. Mm. So what did uh, Brad Bird? What did it, what had he done to lead him to this point? I want to say the family dog. Simpsons. Fire quickly family, family had to dog make and then Simpsons for forever and yeah. then this. Fire quickly had to make bound before the studio would give him this. Yeah, exactly. Oh, sorry, was that not Brad Bird? I that's the other, that's the other guys. Um, yeah, everyone. Well, everyone has to do their time on the Simpsons to be in animation, apparently. But yeah. um, he was an animation consultant for Film Roman for a while. Yeah. But uh, Family Dog was a thing. That was you know, that was that was a short, right? No, it was a series. Series. Yeah. It was a series that uh, just like, one of the, another one of those things like oh it's such a great series and they cancel it so then he did that and he did Iron yeah, he was like he was like Joss Whedon there for a while it was like that poor guy he's never going to catch a break he's so talented and he's never going to get anything off the ground Brad Bird co-wrote Batteries Not Included yeah what Whoa. that's okay weird yeah, yeah and, and he worked on he worked with Klasky Chupo at The Simpsons and then Tracy Ullman and then went with that to The Simpsons he was one of the animators on Rugrats pilot no the shit critic King of the Hill no shit. Cool. Uh, yeah, before pitching Warner Brothers to write and direct an animated film called The Iron Giant. So there you go. Classy Chupa. That's cool. I used to drive by their building all the time. It's yeah. in uh, Hollywood. Uh, it's still there. And it is still covered in real monsters and rugrats and some new people that I don't know. And wild thornberries. Yeah. yeah I don't man. know if there's any thornberries on the outside of the building. There should be. I just want more Tim Curry paintings, really. That's all. Um, I'd be selling that if I'm really Tim into Curry. the uh, extremely... Yeah. Like low key Here's your lighting thing, thing going on here. Oh, that's some CG going on. Yeah, lens flares. That table looks really CG. Probably super CG table. And then yeah. you know the the classic Disney film trope of a kid getting yeah. chloroform, getting drugged, <laughs> <laughs> like you do in a Disney movie. You know that chloroform does not work that way in your life <laughs> at all. Like if you, if you <laughs> it's mostly go from on. suffocating somebody that they go on. I'm just gonna be dialing the phone while you tell that story. <laughs> no, it's what? a random internet fact that I read recently. <laughs> yeah. But it's like the it's like chloroform take. If you do that, the classic movie thing with it, it takes like five minutes for it to really work. Yeah, and so yeah. I just it's, I, it's way fucking faster just to like kill, just kill, knock them yeah, out, or, yeah. or, or like just pinch off their a, neck and give them seven seconds to pass out. Even with a chair. Uh, so I just I want it. It must have. It has to have happened like dozens of times. I'm sure. Yes, yeah, someone like, like someone in real life trying it and just like it not going the way they think. The it's fun fact go. I found out is 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 basically for the past several decades you can't suffocate yourself with car exhaust anymore because oh really yeah, because, are, because, no, because, too, uh, because the emissions are too are emissions too clean. Are too low. <laughs> so, That's hilarious. So you can sit in your garage all day long <laughs> and just get a headache. Uh, so unless your car is like badly badly out of tune, you have to yeah. like take off your muffler for that. To yeah, properly. but uh, I'm not condoning. Yeah. Any of that so activity. don't try Can't that, kids. That's, huh. that's going to be a waste of your time. Damn it! 
I thought it was easier to die than this. I know. Between it's this a, and that fill your mouth with water before you shoot yourself in the head. That one. That's a good one. That's a solid dark fact. I want to see the stats on that one. That's... But like, but, uh, yeah, I don't. I want to see any the of these control activities. group, and I want to see the. the there we go. Here's the, the picture. There's the one instance where you're like, oh, okay, you get, no, you get half a second of thing. background information of hey, is, and that's a good time where you would pan into the room to see some information. So I don't know what time it is. It's just, and then also here's a picture of the dad getting into a plane. Yeah, and and an interesting wallpaper. This interesting place to reveal it because, of course, we're sort of in the middle of a whole other thing, and that that's not a commentary on this dynamic. It's like you're not my real father. It's not that. Although there's a little bit of that a because he's wooing his he's wooing his mom, which is poorly. You know, <laughs> very yeah, it's poorly. not very he's trying to anyway, um, in a governmental way. But um, <laughs> I like to think in the live action version of this movie, he's played by Jeffrey Coombs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> Great scrambled eggs, Mr. Hogarth. But I thought um, you meant Coons, the artist. And I just imagined him as a giant, um, shiny balloon animal. Yeah, sure. Like you do. That's how I see the world. It's my prop Everything. It's my prop Agnosia. Everyone just balloons to me. Different twists. Apple twist. Like people just carry me away by my elbows. Apple twist. So anyway, the dad. um, Yeah, just kind of to slip that in there. Then... You know, is is, and, but it's interesting that you then have the whole uh, climactic fighter battle at the end. That's true, and, and, it's, and just, it, it's not a commentary, commentary on anything, yeah. yeah, which is good. I'm not saying it should have been. It's just Again, a, another number that isn't the number of the thing that's a, every number in every Brad Bear movie. Is there an A113 in this anywhere? Uh, I don't think so. I'll find out. What's oh A113? Is that a thing? Yeah, that's the CalArts thing. That's the CalArts animation room. Ah. Yep, and it shows up with like license plates in Pixar movies all the time and shit like that. Let me see if there's one in this movie. I know. I just knew about Kubrick's in the CRM 114 and uh, AE 135. Yes. Uh, A113 is the license plate on a car partially eaten by the giant. Also, in Dean's house, there's a painting which has A113. Okay. So, yeah. The answer and to your question is. also in yeah. Mickle, Donnie, Goofy, and the Three Musketeers. Like, of course. Well, dude, who isn't? Well, dude, well, everyone's in that. Well, the one thing I haven't actually done along those same lines is I've never gone to Disney with the express intent of just doing like a hidden Mickey day because like people still find new ones, which means they're either painting new ones all the time or like there's just too many of them. But I've never I don't think I've ever even actually seen a hidden Mickey at Disneyland in a park. Oh, they're there. I'm sure they are, but I've never like, I've never like had my phone out and been like, here, okay, go to this place and you'll see one. Oh shit. There's one. I've never actually had that experience. So whatever you do, don't tell a like six year old about hidden Mickey's because everything (laughs) becomes about the hidden Mickey's. Don't, don't tell the internet about them either because they will find them even when they don't exist. They're in like the molding of like the coat racks, like in the hotel rooms. Like they're, there's all over the place. In Disney World, in the um, aquarium tank at the living, what was the Living Seas at Epcot? It's the Finding Nemo ride now. There are, yeah, it's Finding Nemo now. But there, in the big tank, there are rocks that are in the shape of it that I only saw once I was diving in there. So, but they're there. You have to dive in there. You can't dive in there. Yeah. Did you have clothes on? <laughs> I think he Look, was talking. If the answer is no, we'll, we'll all be but glad was, I asked. Was your Mickey hidden? Is what we're saying. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> okay. But yes, it was actually fairly cool. You can do that, and I did it. <laughs> Chat Morgan's like, dude, you have no idea. People will make their own. There was one on yeah, the um. I'd just go there and draw three circles anywhere. I didn't make it. That's. 
I've seen Basically something how where, a little kid brain. I work. saw something. I can't remember what it was, but it was something I worked on, and I saw someone on the internet said there's a hidden Mickey in it, and I was like, there is not. That's not. That's you saw a circle with another circle near it. That's there were something that I actually worked on that I know for a fact is not. was not a hidden Mickey. I saw on a list of hidden Mickeys somewhere. Um, and the unpixelated cow in Starship Troopers. On yes. on uh, on um, the old Star Tours. The sensor, the sensor was there a hidden Mickey? The uh, remember the uh, the woman like the flight attendant that you know woman that gave you the briefing when you were standing bum, bum, in the line bum, bum. and she had the really weird hairdo. Yep, that was a hidden Mickey hairdo. The fuck you say? <laughs> <laughs> what? Because she had like a bun and another bun going yeah, on. Yeah, but or? it was like cocked at the right angle. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, that I could see that. That would make sense. At least that I mean I read that and I and then I looked and I was like oh yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe it's a maybe it's like what like you're a, saying where somebody just made asymmetrical it up, double bun hairdo would totally yeah. work yeah but you've got to find a screen grab of that, that woman that girl yeah yeah I don't bum, know if you bum, can do bum, that bum. yeah weird guys we're missing we're missing robot mode sorry yeah, Jesus. sorry sorry this is more important uh, yeah I don't know if Star Tours announcement I guess is this where he's yeah he's realizing where he goes into gun mode yeah. Or just laser eyes. Laser eyes. I don't see the uh, problem. Superman has laser eyes. Yeah, He's clearly no, he said it all fits. Oh, the new Star Tours announcer lady is Flo from Attack of the Clones. That's bullshit. All right, whatever. <laughs> I'm over it. Nah. This is how fa- this is how fast my outrage goes. Yep. <laughs> well, all right, that was Hollywood's fun. Out of ideas. Yeah. Holy shit. All right. Wait a second. Okay, no, but that's not the screen grab though. That's just the lady that had the same haircut. Yeah. Weird. I know exactly who you're talking about. I can't find a picture of her. It's terrible radio. <laughs> Talk about the movie. If you have something to say about the movie, yeah, I'm on this. I'm he's on this a, now. He's having a crisis. This is what this whole day was all about for me. So the general uh, was also just doing his job and doing it very well. Yeah. Also, saying you can't do anything until you have general's some the most reasonable evidence. guy. I actually like the the general at the end where he's like, yeah. wait, oh, he does the reasonable thing at the end. <laughs> yeah. He's he's not the the bloodthirsty one that's going to push the button at all costs because that's the you know. His Doctor Strange love job, yeah. you know, it's the government flunky guy. Yeah, it's the Walter Peck of of the movie, who has been driven to madness by <laughs> yes, by yeah, his no, own propaganda. He's not Walter Peck. He's not Walter Peck. That's not fair to this dude. Walter Peck was a dick <laughs> from Jump Street. This guy started sane. Hogarth's a fucking dick. This guy the had movie. a tough job to do. <laughs> yeah. Hogarth's Walter Peck was always an asshole. This guy came correct, and Hogarth just <laughs> fucked with him too much, <laughs> to our dismay. Hogarth, yeah, he poisoned him. He gave him diarrhea. I mean, that's you know that kid. He's it's a federal things. federal offense. Yeah, uh, that is a federal. Should offense. be in Guantanamo. We should yeah. never hear from him again. Hogarth, you're going to get Mo. There should be questions about what happened to that kid on the internet for like a hundred years, where it's like an unsolved mystery. That's how much fuck Hogarth. Look at the snow. <laughs> That is how much. Why are, why are they in Vermont all of a sudden? They've been in Maine the entire movie. Yeah. How is this Vermont? I'm assuming the name of the town snowing. is Maine is basically Vermont. Maine's There's no real difference. Maine is more snowy. It does even snow more north. The snowflakes are actual flakes. They're not just the usual thing that you do where it's a, huh? <clears throat> Volumetrically though, um, they should be getting smaller, faster, further away from camera. Like it should be <laughs> resolving to white. Um, Instead of ten eventually. falling eight stories into the snow, they fell seven stories into a piece of metal. Which is just a weird. <laughs> it's, a, it's okay, mom. The stainless steel broke my fall. Yes, it's just a weird thing that you two learn feet when you're before I would have hit uh, the ground. No, I know you have you have um, specific snow opinions because of Game of Snows. Game of Game of Snows. Game, Game of, of Snows. snows. Yeah. Not John Snow. Snow on Game of Snows. Snows. Game of Snows. It's weird. You know not of John's nothing snow. What? 
Vehicular manslaughter, Hogarth. Yeah. Uh. Let's add that to the list. Can you imagine if the world was actually propagating a conspiracy against you to drive you fucking nuts <laughs> like yeah. this? Yeah. This is... Hey, hang on. We're not, we're not doing Howard Hughes yet. <laughs> That's right. That's the other <laughs> oh. movie. This is like... Speaking un- of, that accident that he just had where he crashed and hit his head into a windshield is a uh, one of the... Several other times that Howard Hughes, yeah, um, when he yeah. crashed a plane and oh, yeah. crashed, but there was, there was other times where like he went through like the windshield of a car, yeah, yeah, yeah. that isn't Two in the car movie accidents, and yeah. just happened to uh, yeah, an O'Hara man, Kent O'Hara. uh Oh, ow, ow, you yeah. guys, quit it! Shooting a giant. It's going sort of kaiju. <laughs> yeah, it's going down yeah. the kaiju scene. It's funny because like, why are that? Wait, hang on, why? Why is it kaiju now all of a sudden? Like Godzilla has been around for years. Yeah, I know. It's just the and word. all of a sudden, like big monsters are. It's like it's like were they always it's like kaiju? Bay. The kids no, think that's I a know. word. Did you ever watch Ultraman? No, no. I um, did. Ultraman is that where it comes from? Was always a thing because I did watch has, Ultraman. Has always and always and always been a thing. Yeah, since okay, like seventy yeah. three, I think Ultraman started. And they're kaiju and Mega Man. There, there's an entire culture of Japanese that. giant monster thing that started sort of with Godzilla. And then I was watching Ultraman in seventy one. Okay, it's just fine, the fact 71. that like I've never heard them, it's, and I'm I'm not a you know, well because the, the marketing the marketing machine for um, it literally translates to strange creature. Yeah, the, the marketing machine for Pacific Rim kind of made it right. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, for yeah. other people to say it. So then the people it. that would have only like said, said oh you know I'm really into like monster movies and stuff like they, oh kaiju like, they no, made it like no, no. oh that's kaiju yeah. but it's, it has always been kaiju and it has there always has been like a very long line yeah. of very specific it's just that Guillermo things. made it popular by making a movie specifically for that and saying uh, that in the interviews all right well that's all yeah right, so it, it was all part of the marketing machine to be like this is why like huh. this is Del Toro doing his kaiju movie and everyone's where's kaiju it's like you know and there's big monsters smashing into buildings and stuff yeah. so it's a recent but it's always been that it's way. a recent TIL for most people it's a, yeah. it's a recent um, I remember when macrame was a new word. Ah, mm-hmm. I used to do macrame for a second there. Mm-hmm. Fun fact, I know how to make all kinds of interesting little knots. He can fly? <laughs> you can fly? So there's a great little bit of character animation because he didn't know either. I thought like, that's a great little thing. Right? <laughs> He's like discovering like, oh! <laughs> I just like to imagine that for the robot it feels like coming. <laughs> yeah, really. He's just like, <laughs> I am Gobby. He's, He's a squirter. <laughs> Was it good for you? I am Groot. I, I am I, Superman. I am Groot. Uh, so Brian, how do you feel about the... Uh, is, is this a reasonable uh, flight physics sort of thing? Yes, what do you think of the ballistics here? <laughs> well, he's not generating lift, but still flying horizontally, so that's an issue. <laughs> um, I actually really enjoyed, the, I think this is a great fighter battle climax. Like, you, we don't really get those anymore. They were they were around in the Unless 80s. Unless there's Harry Connick Jr. in the neighborhood. Yeah, exactly. Um, but this is a great, great fighter battle sequence, so I was really happy to, to, happy to watch this. <laughs> Look at those jet aircraft. That's the way of the future. Way of the future. I was made happy by watching this. <laughs> yes. Um. Incoming giant. Oh, no. This is going to be fine for Hogarth. Yeah. He'll be okay. Yeah. Fortunately, yeah. He comes yeah. in at an angle into the snow. Yeah. Yeah. No. Hogarth's insides are still strawberry jam. Yeah. This. Hogarth is a, a fine mist, but the, <laughs> it's a cartoon, so we'll allow it. <laughs> Yow, that's gross. He that, would. He would. That is a craggy, craggy man. <laughs> he. A couple years later, he became the guy from Up. <laughs> he got. He got more square. 
the chat. Jerry Wotton's still on Star Tours because he's a man after my heart. He's like, I remember being scared as a child that they would find out on Star Tours that I didn't have a passport. In fact, Star Tours probably shouldn't make such a big deal about visas being in Southern California. <laughs> this is some heavy shit. Look at this shit going on. It's like now the giant is like he thinks the kid is dead. And what the hell? And now he's... So, yeah. I mean, it's like... So, this is where he goes, okay. Dink. You want it? Here and then it he goes all War of the Worlds on Then him. he goes full War of the Worlds. That's the second renaissance now, guys. Yeah. Every single weapon is different and awesome. Yeah, I love the fact that, you know, when he goes into his full transformation, he becomes this whole other thing. He becomes Buzz, Buzz Lightyear, which yeah. is kind of odd. But, um, yeah, this, like, you know. It's a seismic charge. This whole thing he goes through is like, and he, yeah, it gets the War of the Worlds <laughs> thing happening. It's like, why does he have the little happy face then if this is what is you know, what is what's the point of the <laughs> when people when people use the expression wait for the drop in dubstep that's what the drop looks like <laughs> just and he just it's just like this it's when the iron giant becomes scary you know that's what you're waiting for just wait for the drop why, why does the scrap dealer have any idea about his medical yeah the tech was like, he's unconscious but he's okay thank you dr metal person yeah what the hell did you drop out of med school to become a beatnik that, that weird little turntable thing. I yeah, say. it's actually what it reminds me of is the uh, the the Kronos thing in Incredibles, the yep. Syndrome's bad robot. Ba- uh-huh. Which, by the way, uh-huh. in case you're wondering, I looked. Yeah. It's not from this movie. Like bad robot was JJ was like, yeah, I know people always think it's this because at one point he's like bad robot. No, it's not that. They came up with it independently. But bad robot. Bad robot's great. <laughs> ba- bad hat Harry is is the better. Time. Yeah. He just bad took bad his Harry. glasses off. Very um, very CSI Miami style. <laughs> yes. Nah! Yeah. Well, you know, it is a Pete Townsend movie. Oh, come on. That was a pretty good little connection to me. All right. Fine. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> yeah. Fuck it. I'm out. I'm out. We'll, we'll get fooled again. Hmm. You know, they actually save money on this when they're projecting it because they only need the one color. <laughs> save some ink. Yeah. <laughs> This just don't need any of that blue or green horse shit, I say. No, I mean, no, they still they still got screwed because they were, the printer cartridge only comes in red, cyan, and... Yeah, oh, you, so you, they're just, they're you have to buy the other one. they're just paying yeah, money for see. ink they're never going to use. Yeah, exactly. God damn it, Brad Bird. We're in a... It's a recession, man. <laughs> I remember the first time I saw this movie, I, I was like... <laughs> the real villains are Brad Bird and Hogarth. I saw this movie. I don't I remember saw, where, it, where it was that I saw it, but... um. In films from the 50s where you see that every single car has white wall tires, yeah, yeah. that wasn't the way it really was like maybe a tenth of like because they were like chrome rims like they were a, they were an added on thing maybe it was the but white wall tire industry but since everybody like imagines white wall tires as a part of the cultural thing movies every told single us. movie yeah. that you like you've seen since american graffiti has white wall tires on all the cars even like the distinctive when when lightning mcqueen is in 50s mode tires are white wall tires and in, in cars when, yeah, he's, when like he has to go old school. White walls were not as popular as and we have been led to believe groups. since production designers have taken over. I remember putting white walls on the first car I owned. It was, uh, yeah. I think they're cool. Now I plasti dip my own hubs to be black because fuck the world and fuck the police. That's right. I guess. NWA represent. I, I, I drive a Prius, so it's just at that. Woo, clam! <laughs> <laughs> I do I do really love his like all war you know battle mode design and you see why yeah it had to be cg it's like yeah. you imagine trying to hand animate whatever that what is are the robots from that miyazaki thing that look exactly like him uh titanfall no is that miyazaki no i don't know anime at all <laughs> i probably <laughs> I, I probably pissed off a lot of people <laughs> yeah <laughs> what? oh my god <laughs> the internet just 
hiccuped. Here we go. Oh, yeah. oh. And but the the general <laughs> General's general. listening to a beatnik, which is part of his job description <laughs> to listen to any medically trained <laughs> sculptors <laughs> who happen by. He does have to solicit their their opinion on any military action before he takes it. That's that was standard in the fifties. <laughs> The military industrial complex at the time. <laughs> yeah. We're still working. Again, it was, it was, out. we don't, you know, it's like, again, Eisenhower warned us about what it could turn into, but it was a much, it was actually pretty casual at the time. <laughs> you know, it's like if before you would launch a missile, you would poll the townspeople <laughs> where you were um, just to get a, a spectrum of opinion. It was, it was commonplace. All right. How we all feel about prop 43. <laughs> Blow up the earth. Yeah. Yay! Yay! I gotta say, yay, I'm against yay, it. Yeah, I can't read this one, sir. You're gonna Be- have to rewrite this Beatnik one. Beatnik guy, what yeah. do you say? All right, Prop 43, Indian gaming casinos. <laughs> <laughs> Great, little, I love that gag there where Manly bails out, and even the giant's like, "Nope, you're not going," just because it's perfectly staged. And then suddenly, there's a cast what, of Scooby Doo here. In what the would town. the giant have done if he decided to be like the spirit in the last in the last scene instead of Superman? Because he did show him all those comics. <laughs> I mean, come with he's the already, yeah, I mean, he's already been a Tomo and yeah. Like, I don't know what would, what would the spirit be doing. I mean, what's uh, well, the spirit might the be sp- willing, but ah. nice. So, as far as the ballistics of this, in comparison to the giant when he's flying with rockets and stuff, you just kind of point it in the air and say, "Take this angle, and it'll generally land in the space that you want it to." Or well, the idea with ICBMs is that they go into space and then they come back down but you just have to know all of the science to get it to all the physics to get it to land in the right spot right? yeah i mean you just put it on the right trajectory um and it's guided presumably why they're why they're using an icbm to blow up a town that's like barely 10 <laughs> 50 feet away, away. Yeah. yeah i don't know why they're doing that it's like, like it's, it's like it's it, like when you use someone else's phone to call your phone to find it in your bedroom it's <laughs> just going into space to come right back here. Yeah. yeah. I guess it's because it's, it's a like, nuke like they don't have non- It's like sending a nukes. FedEx to the, the guy in the next office. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they don't have the, the like commuter train for clear <laughs> warheads at the moment. I am Groot. And Superman. Oh, yeah. See, like it's impossible to not just completely lose it. Yeah, there we go. It's, it's great. I mean, it's like, yeah, if you've been following the movie properly... Um, <laughs> Doesn't matter. This is a killer. I could, I could be flipping moment. through channels and hit this right now yeah. and just like just start bawling. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's sad, but it, it doesn't hit me for the same reason the thing uh, Groot doesn't hit me. The exact same emotional beats with Groot don't hit me very well because in both cases, what would be sad about that is the personal sacrifice part of it. But since I'm not clear on how smart he is or how aware he is, it doesn't actually ring like a big fucking emotional punch the way it would if like it was a character who I know he sent in. I know he understands 100 parts of like. It could be a thing where he's just romanticizing a moment. I, you know, to what extent should I care about him dying? And then, of course, in a second, he comes back. Same with Which Groot. Think Same with Groot. Yeah. Like, th- that when, like, we are Groot and I am Superman and all that stuff. Like, both times I'm like, I don't, I've never actually been clear on if that guy is just a do- like a, he's like saying a, this yeah. this is actually just a sending like is like sending a dog to like blow yeah, up exactly <laughs> it's like send a dog into the minefield that'll clear it for the soldiers yeah. good boy good boy yeah, good exactly. boy like like the, the robot is just here like <laughs> like what, what do you want me to do it's like, like hogarth throws the missile because fucking hogarth is an asshole and he just goes off to play <laughs> yeah. fetch with it and it blows up so you know, you know it, just, it doesn't for the it's, it's the same thing as, as groot where the 
everyone gets a much bigger emotional kick out of these two characters than I do, and I think it's mostly just because I'm never quite clear. I know how Hogarth feels about the giant. I'm not clear how the giant feels about the kind whole, of anything. The whole and function, same with Groot. Like the whole function of this movie is to teach some humanity to this creature. The point of the point of Guardians of the Galaxy is not to impart some humanity onto Groot. Yeah. No, but it's just, a, I mean, in terms of like the emotional beat of what's happening is where the, the I like him because he says few words, but he seems nice and he's on our side. Guy sacrifices himself for the greater good moment happens in both. It means more in this movie than it does in that one because it's the point of this movie and it's not the point of that one. But both times it's a character where I don't actually feel like I know Groot or the robot very well. I know Hogarth and I know the version of them that Hogarth cares about, but I don't know how much that has to do with what the actual robot's thinking. So I, I always well, feel I like I only catch. I'm not saying like it doesn't work. I'm saying I only catch like 75 percent of that emotional. I think plot wise, of course, it you know the the robot is the the wild card that isn't part of this world that comes in and and shakes everything up and then goes away again. And it's a, you know it's it's not about him. It's about yeah. what the lessons that you know everyone else takes from it and and how things were changed. Oh. <clears throat> so you know everyone learns to be like more peaceful and to not fear the unknown so much and you know all the lessons that people shouldn't learn because they are counterproductive to our evolution. But the the you know it, we still like to tell people that. You should do it. Um, it's interesting that uh, I actually like. I like the way it was handled better. In although obviously you need to do it here, I like it the way it was handled better. That concept of uh, oh wow, he sacrificed himself. I like it better in Guardians of the Galaxy because it's not telegraphed that well he'll just you know just grow him again, right? You know, as opposed to it has been explicitly shown. You know, you can kind of go, he's probably not dead. Um, yeah. And of course, you know, as soon as you see this, you know exactly what's happening, which is, you know, which is great. It still works. I mean, of course, you know, I'm not saying this doesn't work, but um, if they were going to do this this way, I would like the movie to just end with the screw. Yeah, yeah I agree. Go I would yeah, yeah, just yeah, watch it. Yeah, right disappear. there, cut to black. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just watch it go off into the woods. And, and I'm also you know. not clear as to why they specifically label where he is. Like, what what benefit yeah, do you get like, out of saying, "Oh, he's in fade to black right now"? Fade to, fade to, fade to black. You get to use more uh, FTB. Euro, you get to use more Eurostyle. Uh, That's true. You do get to pull that Eurostyle out. It's, and why doesn't it say 37 minutes later? See, that's the, <laughs> that's the argument people have. Okay, long, Yokel means glacier. Yeah. So it says long glacier, glacier. Manos, the hands of fate. Also, it's ice ATM engine. machine. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, people argue on the internet a lot about the end of Inception. And I feel like the way that you can make <laughs> everyone happy is if the top just sort of like wobbles away and just goes up and goes and, to oh, But to be fair, this is also a really dope shot. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a great shot. It's cool. And it's, uh, it, I'm reminded of the shot in Monsters, Inc. when Sully falls off the sled, and it does the opposite wide-angle pullback against the ground on the snow thing, and you get these great, like, the things passing by the lens moments. Eurostyle, good job, Brad Bird. Very good job. I like this movie. Uh, I didn't grow up with it. I mean, I, I didn't even see it until recently, so it's, it's, a, it's a more recent addition to my staple, and I think it's wonderful. And I don't know... Like if I have kids, when I will be showing them it, I agree with Trey. It's like yeah. six, no, nah, a little early. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I, what's crazy is like I think actually four to five will be fine because they won't like they, yeah. that won't. But the age they're going for is like the exact age. I'd be like, no, nah, we'll wait till eleven or twelve maybe before it's like we start dealing with the weird horror themes of well our eventual <laughs> nuclear annihilation and undoing and how f- much hogarth is at fault for that yes and how not to trust authority figures and and brains are alive and will kill this you this movie could be called what not to do to <laughs> government officials yes brian it's a, it's a textbook uh yes same thing i didn't grow up with it but it's 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 great um i probably won't ever really come back to it on my own but if i if and when i do have kids not even for jennifer aniston's performance yeah um i i will say her the the mom's is very cute is a very cute character drawn um uh but yeah i don't think i'll be coming back to this unless i have uh, you know if and when i have kids at some point and 
I'll put it on the shelf and let them pull it off whenever they want. And let them I see I'm I'm more of the philosophy that just like just put it there and when the kid pulls it off the shelf and gets into it like whatever their brain can handle at that moment it will and then everything else it just won't register until until later until their brains are capable of so you're gonna do like formative movie russian roulette with your kids where it's like they have options (laughs) like here's russian like here's here's bug's life and here's finding nemo Here's the Iron Giant. There's Debbie Does Dallas. <laughs> here's Raiders of the Lost Ark. Sure. Yes, right. that's exactly here's, what here's I'm saying. Here's Freaks. Yes. Like, yeah. Et cetera. Sure. Uh, yeah, some Cronenberg and some Lynch. Yeah. Yeah. And look, just what, to, what, just to keep it interesting. <laughs> I want to know what this font is because this is the font that the Iron Giant title card was in and it's this awesome like humanist Futura bold thing that I'm it digging. It has a yeah, cartoon vibe Yeah, it's got a deco it. thing going on. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird because I usually do. Paul, you didn't cry when you said Superman. No, I didn't. Because uh, the, the sound is off, and we I, ruined I did, the moment for we, you. Yeah, we did yeah. get all kind of quiet while we sat here and watched that part of the movie happen. Because so. it's sad. Because it's sad. And then I shit um, on it. But this is still great. The rough in betweeners. That's a band name. That's oh, that would be. Surely there's an amateur group at Morgan. Come on, somewhere at some animation company, there has to be a house band called the Rough in Betweeners. What's the, right? the, the band of guys that work at Apple? They have like a well, no, band about like no, no. It's all like all of their. Stephen King's, like Stephen King's all author group is the Rock Bottom Remainders. There's that one, but um, yeah, Joe Johnston, Iron Joe Giant Designers. Yeah, you bet. No shit. No shock there. Cool, Trey. It's a great movie. I um, again, not for not for kids. Um, I think it's a it's a really solid movie. I think it's uh, it's one of it's, and I know this is a, a distinction that doesn't even matter anymore, if, even if it did then. But uh, you know, if, uh, if we want to use the word cartoon or cell animated, I guess is even more accurate. Um, it's one of my favorite modern cell animated movies. Not that we get a lot of them anymore, yeah. But um, I think this is uh, one of the best ones that uh, in my personal pantheon. It's uh, and it's pretty. It's good for the form. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it shows that that you know it's not. The art form is far from dead and far from like you know invalid to use. It's it's uh, wonderful work and uh, looks great. Holy shit! In the chat room, Morgan says us at Imagineering here have the Magic Band. So there you go. There's actually a band <laughs> at Imagineering called the Magic Band. There you go. Okay, that's awesome. That, that see, that's how it works. I'm um, surprised. I think it's a great movie, and I think it should be shown to um, all your adults, tweens, and <laughs> and kept out of the hands of children so that they don't decide to overthrow our government. Uh, anytime I, soon I'm saying it And it's gonna come true Alright whatever Anyway this has been What are you doing movie You can always find more episodes At friendsinyourhead.com Subscribe on iTunes Get a brand new episode Every single week Twitter.com Slash friendsinyourhead Facebook friendsinyourhead Or email us at Friendsinyourhead at gmail.com Go to the forum It's a wonderful group of people It's growing every single week You can buy our shirts You can give us money There's a big PayPal button We're not asking We're just saying Michaelscottfund.com For all of your paying For Mike's life needs Please do And uh, Holden Hill Design To maintain our website Until next time My name is T. Christie Ryan Finifter and this has been What Are You Doing Movie Thank you for listening Good night, good night Someone gonna do it? Someone gonna do it? I am Groot that? No <laughs> Groot. That's the other one Groot we, per we man are, We are Superman <laughs> That's what, yeah We exactly. are Superman Groot Superman. per man Friendsinyourhead.com <laughs>